Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Glow Says Let's Talk Local. Today, it's just me. I've given my co-host a day off. And in the spirit of all things art, I am speaking to some docents today. What is a docent, you might be asking yourself? Well, according to both the Oxford and Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a docent is a person who leads guided tours, typically on a voluntary basis, in a museum or an art gallery. There's an instructional nature about what they do. Well, today these docents happen to be my personal friends, and my impression from speaking with them is that it's basically like a job, but without pay, and hopefully free of office politics, but one that they are committed to and excited about. So this motivates them to show up consistently to contribute their intelligence and their time. We can hear more about it from the guests themselves. Remember, if you ever find yourself staring at something in a museum and thinking, what art thou? Go ask a docent. They will be happy to fill you in. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you guys give a quick introduction of yourselves? Um, I have three guests with me today. Who wants to start? Let's go alphabetically. That means Esther. <laughs> I have to think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you guys are EFG. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Hi, Esther. Hi, Gloria. Yes. Um, this is Esther speaking. I, I was a docent in Singapore for three years through the Friends of the Museums. They um, make available training programs at various art galleries and museums there. And I chose to be a docent at the SCPI Creative um, Gallery and Workshop. It specialized in printmaking and fine art prints. And it was a really quite a um, special place because of the workshops downstairs. So they would invite artists to come and create works of fine art, fine art prints. And they would go up, up in the gallery and we would give tours. And we would actually meet the artists before the show would open. And that person would describe you know, what the theme of the show would be and the inspirations for those pieces. And it was really helpful to learn how they created those works of art so that when we gave the tours, we could really speak meaningfully about what the works meant and mean to the artist. Okay, so that's interesting. So the place that you were at, um, the artists themselves worked downstairs and then upstairs showed their art. Yes, when the works were completed, they would the, the, uh, the works would be on, on exhibit. So how many did you have going on at that time? Like at one time, is it just one artist at a time? Yes, one one artist at a time, but okay. there would be artists coming in and out all the time because it would take several months sometimes for them to complete their, their work. Okay, that's cool. Okay, thank you. Thanks for introducing yourself. Why don't we move on to Fetus? Hi, um, I'm Fetus. I'm a docent at the Vancouver Art Gallery. I haven't been a docent for a long time. I was actually just certified a few months before the pandemic hit. So I haven't really done a lot of tours, but we do tour students from grades two to um, grade 12. And these are pre-booked tours. And has the museum started or the art gallery started tours again? Self-guided tours, but not the docent tour. Hopefully early next year. Okay, yeah. great, cool. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Jin Lee. Thanks, Jin Lee, for being here. How are you? Hi, I'm Jin Lee. I became a docent in Denver at our main art museum. We actually have a few. We had like a one-year training and I started giving tours 
in early 2017, and they involved tours for kids and teens and also adult tours. And there was a very involved training for children's tours because as it turned out, the Denver Art Museum was a pioneer in visual skills tours for kids. I fell into it because someone said they're hiring new docents, but I have always loved art and going to the art museum because uh, I grew up outside of New York City. So we, you know, the Metropolitan and the MoMA and natural history was all there. That's a perfect segue into my next question for you all is, why did you want to be a docent? What drew you to it? Jinli touched on it a little bit. You know, living outside New York City, I could understand that appeal. But what about you, Esther? Our family moved to Singapore. Um, my husband's work took us there. And art is something like, I, I have no background in art, but I've always loved to visit museums and galleries. At the same time, though, it, it felt really intimidating not to understand what I was looking at or to understand what I should be looking at. So when I heard about these docent programs available, I thought, you know, this is a good way for me to really engage with the local community as well as learn something while I'm here. And I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. I did. I was a docent for three years and all my tours were actually for, uh, for children. So they were anywhere from preschool all the way up to junior college. That's interesting. I like how there's a pattern emerging. I did not realize that you three worked with children. Is that something that museums do? I'll ask Fetus, at least at the museum you're at, do they tour by age groups? I kind of thought they might tour by exhibits or areas of specialty or something. In the case of um, Vancouver Art Gallery, the schools would like pre-book. So there's no like set schedule. It's like whoever booked for that day. Okay. And if you're assigned to that day, then you would take care of that tour. So on that morning, I could either have like a class of um, second graders and then the second set would be like high school seniors. You have to kind of customize your tour depending on, on the age group. So Denver, um, when I started my training, what they said was different was that they were the first to have uh, kids tours that focused more on visual engagement as opposed to context. So we were not, or telling kids, this is Picasso and it's 1998 or whatever. It's more like it's blue and it's, and we had very specific structures for preschool and younger kids. So we have a preschool program and early elementary program, and then a middle and high school program. I mean, they're this based on the same foundational ideas of getting kids to look. Like our motto was, the more you look, the more you see. Because people think they go in the museum, they look at a picture and they're just like, oh, I know it. But there was a focus on like, you know, kids really looking at it. So we have picking out colors or like telling a story about it. Because, you know, I can say, oh, I remember that blue painting. And I can always Google the name and the artist, but like, I'm going to remember it more because how I experienced it, you know, and what my experience with, with it on that tour. Well, it sounds like those questions would be helpful even for an adult though, because <laughs> if it were me going through a tour and it was a room yes. of all these incredible paintings, like so just, let's just say Picasso. I don't know that I could remember one from the other, especially because his images are more 
I don't know, for lack of a better word, distorted. So if I may add to that, like um, at the gallery, it's not all about just giving them information and telling them this, that, this, that. Uh, what we're trying to do is engage the kids so that they would think critically. Like we have a strategy called the visual thinking strategy. We ask them questions like, what do you see? And then what do you see that makes you say that? And what more do you see? So it's it's kind of student-centered. It's not like you just giving them facts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you, you try and get them to look at the, the artwork closely and tell you what they're seeing. Yeah. Sounds like what Jen Lee said, right? The engagement yeah. of seeing and, you know, seeing some more and probably seeing some more. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yes, yeah. because there's always more to see. And um, and even like when I first started doing these tours, I was like, oh, I never even saw that in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens a lot. <laughs> and sometimes how you feel, especially if it's really abstract or a sculpture, like what, like how do you feel when you, when you look at that? And how can you imagine if you could touch it, what it would feel like? Children, you want to really make it personal and something they can understand. So sometimes I would use an iPad and, you know, give them sort of comparison. If you look at this sculpture, doesn't it look like the waves of an ocean? You know, and they would, they can, oh, right, exactly. They could, they could see that or a shell or, you know, does it feel like wind? So I've heard that you all wanted to be docents because you love the arts and you love to be surrounded by art. Did at any time you want to get off the track of being a docent though? Because I know from knowing you guys that you've had a lot of training. You have to learn a lot. I'm not sure that I'd be up for learning all that content. <laughs> how, how did you find it when you first showed up? Like, did you know what you were signing up for? Esther, let's start with you. I had an idea, but I had no understanding of how much preparation, you know, goes into being a docent in addition to the training, which is extensive, especially if you have no art background, right? Then every time you a new exhibition comes up, you have to learn everything all over again. Who is this artist? What is their perspective? Where do they come from? Where where do they travel to? And then you have to create a script for yourself and then you have to memorize it because you can't lead a tour looking at your notes. So there's a lot of the public speaking practice as well. And then you have to look comfortable and know what you're doing on the day of the tour. So there's a lot, many, many hours. I loved it though. Um, I'm not a natural public speaker, so that was challenging. And every time I would have a tour, my heart would still pound. But in the middle of the tour, I just, you get so caught up in making this accessible to people and and seeing the light go off, you know, when they see something, it's so rewarding. So I think that's what made me want to continue. What what do you think, Jin Lee? Like, did you find it was like too much? Like, I don't know how often do the exhibits change? Like how often are you expected to like relearn something? When I first started trading and doing tours, you know, I used to work in um, broadcast news and I was a news producer. So I likened it to, I made the words, I chose pictures, I made a story. So I choose the art object, I do the research, I make a story. The unfortunate bit is I'm also now the presenter of the information. That was like... Kind of like telling, uh, creating a story with these objects for kids tours for us. So the bulk of our training was the kids tours because of the different uh, way that they approach it for the different ages. But 
those skills, like you said, Gloria, easily translate to creating an adult tour. Kids to have a connection with them, like they're cute and they're fun and, you know, they might be giggly and have some behavioral things, but you know, what about adults though? Are, are, and are any of them annoying? <laughs> Do they well, show up and they're kind of know everything and they know they're the expert on, I don't know, Monet or something? Oh yes. Some, sometimes because the, the tours are meant for the kids. I mean, it's meant for them to, to um, ask questions and, and, you know, and participate. And uh, sometimes you, you encounter over enthusiastic chaperones and, and they start asking so many questions <laughs> and as docents, we have to like respectfully remind them that it's for the kids. But isn't it nice? You're obviously igniting or inspiring them as well as you're giving oh, yeah. the tour. Yeah. <laughs> what, about, yeah. what about you, Esther? Um, yeah, you don't know who's coming in the door, but yeah. they're all in, they're all curious, and that's a good place to start. Now, I will say with children's tours, you have the added complexity of the behavior, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, you can trust that adults, for the most part, aren't going to like run, go running up and down the galleries and shouting with excitement. So. <laughs> Whenever I gave my tours, I always set out a few rules so that they would know in advance. Okay, we don't touch the tool, you know, t- touch the artworks. We stay yeah. a foot away, right? We're going to keep our voices low so we don't disturb others, yeah. you know, and and we're not going to use flash photography. So that way, you set out all the ex- expectations beforehand, so you don't run into any problems during the tour. Okay, but I, I've personally seen many adults get what I think is very close to an artwork and I kind of look yes. around and right. I'm like, can you do that? <laughs> right. I mean, as a, as a, as a, you know, a, a person who's, who has gone to visit shows, my, the worst experience I saw was someone who started approaching a painting, a painting with their umbrella pointing oh. towards the art world. Oh. And it was like, <laughs> they were like, oh. like back away. <laughs> yeah, that, that inspired a security person to come running over very quickly. Wow. Well, I appreciate you guys have a lot of training and, and passion for this uh, position. I, I definitely wouldn't do it myself. Um, I just drove to my, I would forget as soon as I read about somebody, I'd forget like the next day, I wouldn't be able to give a good tour. Yeah. You can go down through so many rabbit holes and then days later realize, oh dear, yeah. <laughs> I have too much. You know, yes. I have pages and pages of information. Yes. How do I distill this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you're like, and I don't need to know any more about art because I have, I have what I like. I have enough here. More than, more than enough. Well, do you, yeah. and that way, do you guys think of it like a job though? Like, do you oh, feel very absolutely. responsible? Yeah. Like you're responsible no. to know all the details. No, no. But in terms of feeling that you need to speak correctly and accurately about what you're saying, presenting the information uh, in a way that the audience can understand, right. Requires dedication. It, it, it often is a job and docents, you know, do so many more hours than the public actually realizes you know, not only in getting trained themselves, but training other docents, um, mm-hmm. just continuing education. You know, at SCPI, they exhibit six weeks. So every six weeks, you had to deliver something new and create a new script every time, right. which is exciting if you enjoy learning just yeah. for the sake of learning. But yeah. it's also a lot of work. Too. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Do you guys become, are you trained as experts in any one area? I'm just wondering, like impressionist i i literally can name two things like baroque and impressionist <laughs> that's all i can say <laughs> contemporary so with our reopening they've shifted the touring structure a little bit for adult tours where before you were a generalist and you you know you picked the objects that you wanted to include in a tour unless it was a special exhibition tour where obviously it's just one person or one area 
But now they've asked us to be part of collection cohorts. So it's, you know, you like European art or Asian art or indigenous art. So you can be in a couple of those and really focus and dive deeper into the objects in those collections. Okay. Um, so you do become a little bit more of an expert. If, if you could right now go into an art gallery filled with your favorite artists or artworks, what, what would they be? Not in your museum. No, just an imaginary room. So okay, if I could like run into and what rip off I something <laughs> off the wall, you mean, I, what would I put in my house? Is that the question? <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Question. So yeah. Okay. So in my house, I would have a Ruth Asawa wire sculpture because they're just it's so incredible. They, Ruth Asawa is a Japanese American. She made some really incredible wire sculpture. So I have I would have one of that. Dohoso is a Korean artist who does a lot of installation and sculpture work and print work um, at SCPI. Really incredible, beautiful thread-like artworks. Just amazing. I would I would just love to have one of his on my wall. Okay. I would run into the Musée d'Orsay and rip off a Monet. <laughs> 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 because I love the impressionist and the light in his pictures are just spectacular. You know, Marth Rothko always makes you sort of think as you sit there and stare at his paintings and try to wonder what was in his mind. So, and they're really stunning, you know, both in their size and scale. So, okay, I don't know who he like, is. What would I be staring at if I was looking at one of his paintings? Sometimes the monochrome colors of rectangles. Sometimes they are two colors that sort of bleed into each other. Okay. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But they have a, a, a depth mm-hmm. and that is is stunning. And catalogs and posters are an insult to them. Actually. Right. Yeah, their their colors almost vibrate. You know, you stand there yes. and you actually and, feel like you're being pulled right into them. They're almost magnetic. Wow. I agree. I love Mark Rothko, actually. Mm-hmm. Is that one that you would rip off, Jen Lee? What would you rip off if you could? Yes, I've always wanted to rip off a Rothko. I actually also like Van Gogh. I have a new appreciation for Van Gogh, but I would take Starry Night. And I like a little Matisse, like he has a goldfish bowl. That's really stunning. I have a new appreciation for indigenous uh, Native American basket making, the amount of work that goes into it, and just the artisanship. And I I was trying to show you this picture. It's by this, the artist's name is Sanzen. And so since I've moved to Denver, I've been introduced to all this Western art. He was I, I want to say Norwegian and came. A lot of Europeans came and painted in the West, but he paints a scene from the Rockies and it's a little bit, it's, I like bright colors and I like a little bit of abstraction. I would like that on my wall. Yes, I would. Yes. Okay, cool. How about you, Fetus? Do you have any? Yeah, I, I also love Van Gogh and um, Matisse and I would love them on my wall. <laughs> but, but I am intrigued by um, Cindy Sherman. Uh, the conceptual photographer, and I learned about her at the Vancouver Art Gallery because um, she's like a one-woman show. She takes um, photos, photographs of herself, but they're not self-portraits and they're not selfies. But she actually she um, disappears into her work and and um, becomes an entirely different character. I really enjoyed giving her tours and 
for some reason, um, I've become a fangirl. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, she's like a um, master of disguise, really. Like, if you look at the portrait, the artwork, you wouldn't recognize her at all. Fangirl, I even follow her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so um, my last question to you guys is about, you're all familiar with what happened in Chicago um, just recently and how the museum there decided to basically fire all their docents. And uh, I'm just curious what you guys think about that. What What do you guys think about that as docents, having been I, through all the training that you have? I'm actually very sad for the public because um, the public is, 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 is who loses out. They've lost this enormous body of knowledge and care and um, joy that the docents had to share what they loved so much that they want to do, you know, celebrate, celebrate with everybody else. Um, it's, it's a real shame. I, I don't know the circumstances behind all of this. How about you, Jen? So the explanation given supposedly was that they, they wanted to reimagine their docent program through the lens of economic equality. I don't know that that was the place to use that lens because I as we were discussing earlier, by default, a docent has to have a, re, a certain resource of time and ability to, to volunteer, which they basically give away because they love, we, I love engaging in art, engaging with people. And it's, it's a commitment that not everybody can make to serve. Yeah, I agree. Esther, with what Esther said, that um, it's the kids that lose out because, you know, the other equation of this uh, wanting to have equity and more stories in the art museum or in that space, you're bringing these kids in that may or may not be able to go to the art museum. But if not having docents to, you know, to expose them, maybe not as many kids are going to come because you don't have enough people to give the tours or yep. I don't know. Yep. I think it could have been done better. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. I mean, I, I, I agree with, with um, both Jinli and Esther. I mean, um, docents have uh, put in a lot of time and commitment and, um, and it's just sad that they would, do that so drastically. I mean, they could have done it another way, had more conversations, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, possibly ageism is, is, is a factor here too, if you think about it. Not just, I you know, that, yeah. not yeah. just about representation, but you need to have a place for people of all ages, yeah. of all, all backgrounds, not yeah. just, you know, one or the other, right? This is a, this is a big world. We can, yeah. we can fit everybody. Yeah. yeah. Do we yeah. want to? Yeah. I think part of it is a backlash, you know, just here in the United States, given everything that's going on, that people, I don't think that you can solve the problem just by like knocking the whole thing over because quite frankly, this problem has been building and it's systemic. And to, I don't think it does anything to get rid of docents that actually were like trying to be helpful. Yeah. Right. I mean, they surely could have been mentors and helped along yeah. un underrepresented groups, right? Yeah. So what shows could you guys recommend now to the public to see now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic and 
things are starting to open up again. Is there any show in particular that you're interested in? Yeah. Sure, uh, Gloria. I just saw the Joan Mitchell show at the San Francisco MoMA, which was just incredible. Her paintings are just beautiful. The colors, the you know, the shapes. They take up sometimes an entire wall. You can spend hours in there, okay. and and she's not to be mistaken with Joni Mitchell, <laughs> but um, and there's beautiful like prints and drawings and poems also that you can see in this show. So I highly recommend it. Great, I'm coming, Esther. I'm coming. <laughs> I love Joan Mitchell. Oh my gosh, that I did, had no idea that was happening. As you know, I would recommend coming to Denver to see the new Martin building. It is actually a Geoponte building who was a Milanese architect, and it is the only Geoponte building in North America. Oh, wow. And they've reinstalled our permanent collection in these beautiful new galleries. And I have to say, I am in love with it. But in addition to that, we have a temporary exhibition on the first floor of the building. It's called Revision. And it we have really great Spanish colonial, but it is now called Latin American and Indigenous Art, uh, Art of the Ancient Americas, which used to be called pre-Columbian, but we're taking out that colonial lens. Okay. Um, and they've just put these things together. So it's a contemporary art from that part of the world with colonial art and ancient art. And it it weaves a thread to these cultural influences. And it's it's really cool. Okay. I would recommend that. Revision. So I have yet to see Yoko Ono exhibition at the Vancouver Art Gallery. I'm excited to see it because it's supposed to be interactive. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay, thank you, ladies, for your time. Thank you for all your thoughts. Um, I really appreciate getting to know a bit more about what it's like to be a docent and what you all do. So thank you for being here. Thanks thank for you. Having thank you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Just a quick note. We are coming to the end of this season. There is one more show left, possibly two. And then I'll take a break at the end of the year, probably until mid-January or so. At that time, I'll drop a very short season of some unique and entrepreneurial guests. Then in February, I'll start with a full season seven. Good news there is that Kristen has agreed to be my co-host again. Season seven will be called Seven Bucks or Less, and we will share with you all the great things that you can eat and drink for seven bucks or less around here. Well, that's the idea. Let's see how far we get. Maybe it will have to be seven bucks plus tax or less. Let's see. While you're waiting for those shows, though, do me a favor. Subscribe to Glow Says wherever you listen to podcasts and drop me a note on Instagram at Glow Says. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, take care and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.